Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Series, a month-long event celebrating the authors and narrators that bring romance stories to life. Listen along as Viviana, Enchantress of Books, interviews your favorite writers and voices, share special guest posts, and stay tuned for some special information at the conclusion of the episode. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with guest narrator Zachary Weber. Welcome back to Audiobook Loving, Zach. How are you doing today? I'm doing uh, somewhere between dandy and struggling. Okay. <laughs> I think we're all in that mix of somewhere, depending on when we get asked that question, right? <laughs> like yeah. where we're at. If you'd asked yeah. me an hour ago, it would have been more of a struggling. Yep, yeah, but I'm yeah. good. Good. And I'm hoping that we'll have, well, we're definitely going to be having fun today. So for our chat here, so it'll be good. Um, you're actually coming back because you were my guest uh, in 2018 where we did a written interview that right. I'll include um, in the post so people can go check that out. So today will be just a lot of catching up and seeing what we're, you know, you've been up to and this lovely industry that are audiobooks and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. so let's start by having you share a little bit about yourself, how you got started and what made you want to be a narrator. Well, my name is Zachary Weber. I did not want to narrate books. I just didn't know that it would proved to be my job. Um, I think, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I made a, a trailer for This Girl by Colleen Hoover for her directly. She hired me to both produce it and star in it. Um, mm -hmm. And I made, I hired like my friends who are very good at cinema and made like a very sort of intense short film um, dedicated to it. And I you know, the character is a teacher and a poet. And so I just am reading poetry on audio throughout this whole thing. And that was like my first foray into doing it. And my buddy, Jamie Gallagher, who directed it, he like really got me, like we had a very intense audio moment, like where like he really directed me doing the audio. It wasn't passively done on top of shooting the actual thing. It was like real... And it was like, you know, it was like a full page of poetry and it was, it was intense and, you know, I really got into it. And I think that just sort of showcased that talent that I didn't know I had. Um, Cause I never thought I had a good voice. I thought I had a dumb, like Texas boy <laughs> voice. Uh, don't pity me. It's not that, it's not, it's not that bad. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, I'm I not I, pitying I you. I, it's just one of those where it's a money how we always think we sound really bad and then we have people saying oh my god you sound so good oh so, right and you know ever since i ever since i've started doing this you know people will be like especially if i'm like on a date so they'll go like oh you do that that you have a great voice that makes sense my voice is stupid and basically every time i'm like no it's not you like everyone has a very unique sound and i like and now i have cultivated a, a way of just listening to the nuances in anyone's voice because not only do I want to find that person interesting and know about them via the way they express themselves, but also that I want to steal their voice <laughs> and use it for characters. Um, and like people are very sensitive about it. And I think that's, you know, I'm proof that it's, you're being unfair to yourself uh, by doing that, you know? Um, but I, yeah, so I made this, I really dedicated my time and worked really hard on this on this trailer for Colleen. And then, uh, you know, a handful of people watched it, especially authors. You know, she was friends with my mother. So, like, they had, you know, that's sort of how I'd been connected to, to do that. And um, all these authors 
liked it. And then they started hiring me to do their books. So that's how it got started. And it was a slow start, but it started picking up, I think, when romance, I guess, just quintupled in size <laughs> in terms of audience. There, was, there were like always jobs to be had. Yeah. yeah. But it's fun. Sorry, internet is unstable. Oh, I, no. My internet. There's a lot of things my, that are unstable yeah. in my house. Um, <laughs> oh, that's that's for real. It's a lot. Um, I think we're I'm getting in, some bad weather here, anyways. That's probably where it is in, in Orlando. I'm not in a. My Wi-Fi isn't amazing back here. So, mm. so you had mentioned that your your mom, you know, is also uh, an author and stuff like that. So, in case for those that may not know, your mom is. Tamara Weber, yeah, my mom is Tamara Weber. Um, I almost called her Tammy, and that would be insane because she hates that. <laughs> She's tried her whole life not to be called Tammy. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, I said that in my head. Um, uh, yeah, uh, she, she uh, she's been an author for a while, and she sort of started out in that burgeoning new indie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess it's not why they called it New Adult, um, that, mm-hmm. that sort of industry when it came about like 10 years ago. And, you know, she was she was uh, in that realm and it ended up going really well for her. And she's an amazing writer. Um, you know, I've read everything she's written <laughs> uh, from like her poetry and, and like just like stuff she wrote when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, she's always been a writer. Mm-hmm. She just like finally, you know, she found her people and um you know i coattailed on it and there we go (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think it's it's interesting because sometimes having the uh (laughs) it was an accident yeah Yeah. well it's 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 a tight-knit community that's the other thing too you know the the romance world is really tight-knit and when we find talents and we have these skills we all start talking about it and then all of a sudden it's like oh yeah we got to bring this person in and oh yeah we got to do this and that so you know, mm-hmm. the fact that you were in that sense had someone that was in the community and then it just ex- has exploded for you as a narrator is fantastic. So, yeah, it, there's yeah. a part of me that every now and then I'm like, I've seen nepotism with going to NYU and like being like a lot of people I know that like come from the entertainment industry, like they were born into it. Mm-hmm. And I always like sort of envied that. But then, you know, I was friends with them. And so I was like, oh, this is fine. But then to have it happen in this sort of smaller sense with myself is like, I have this, I start to have this guilt complex about it. And then I'm like, no, it just, you know, it runs in the family. My, my mom, like the very romantic person and she had a very romantic kid. And like, it, it, this, this just, this stuff just comes easy for me. Like I, you know, I love, I love love. Um, and it's, you know, it's like, it's, it, it's, it makes sense that it's my job, me personally, and mm-hmm. I'm happy that it's taken off. And I feel very, you know, held by the people that I uh, work with and I talk to on a daily basis. Um, you know, I feel, I feel cared for. It's, it's, you know, it's just, it's good people. So. It's a good tribe yeah. when you have it. You know, mm-hmm. that's good. Right. Yeah. Speaking of the industry, as far as how long it's been going and booming now, we have different types of the, the audiobook styles now have been from going from solo point of view, solo narration to now 
to it and multicastings and all that fun stuff that goes along with it. Um, do you have a preference in narrating either duet or dual things like that when it comes down to the styles? Well, I kind of like duet because you kind of, you only have to do so much as you have to do and you don't really have to communicate that to mm-hmm. anyone else. So you can just be the characters that you are. I'm getting a better picture of what the book is because I, I, I can't read every word of the whole thing, but like to get a grasp of like what happens in every other chapter in, in an in-depth dialogical way, if that's a word at all. Um, dialectical, I don't know. Um, you know, be, having a sense of what's being said uh, throughout the whole book is, is very, very helpful, I feel. Um, so I love doing duet. And multicast is obviously fun, especially if you're in the room with people, which can apparently never happen again. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know... <laughs> I I like all kinds. Um, I th- I do think the standard solo is a little harder because just I I really like working with people. So you know, having worked with engineers for the last five or six years when I've been doing this has been po- like just an essential part of the gig about my performance, and um, that is now gone so (laughs) it's all me and it's very it's a little more frustrating um Mm -hmm. but yeah so i i've been trying to keep in touch with with anybody i'm narrating anything with uh to have a more in-depth experience but yeah duet's great i like i think if i had to choose i'd say i love duet the most cool yeah it's become my favorite i like it when the banter is there in the conversation between the characters and so that whole interruption when they say, Oh yeah, she interrupted me. Well, she, uh, now you're not telling me and now you're showing me or I'm listening to it. So the, the dialogue mm-hmm. is there. It's nice and cool. And also be able to be consistent, whether you're just playing that one character across the entire book and not have to worry about okay. different tones and not aligning. Cause that's yeah. a I'll do <laughs> I've started now finally doing, uh, I, I usually am doing, I find that, for the most part, I've narrated books after my fellow narrator has. And that being the case, I usually am like, what'd you do for this character or this character? Usually don't need too many specifics, just an accent <clears throat> or a type. And I now I'm doing some titles with Aaron Mallon and we're sort of tossing back characters. And I've I've been writing in my notebook, like, you know, notes about things. There's... One over here, it says one character is affable, the other's a lazy douche, the other one's low. And then for another character, I just wrote Cheryl Crow. And I don't even know what she really talks like, per se. I know her as a singer. But I, <laughs> but I you know, just write that stuff like for vibes. Sake, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, and but, the good thing nowadays, we can go to YouTube and find an interview and see what the cadence is and stuff. So Exactly. Yeah. Or not. That's true. Well, true because I mean, you—if you go with the vibe and stuff of what you think Cheryl Crow vibe is, like if I were to say like Stevie Nicks, I know kind of like how she that vibe would be. Mm-hmm. Oh. A little whispery, mm-hmm. a little whispery, a little fiery. You know, mm-hmm. it's your interpret your interpretation of what it is anyway. <laughs> your interpretation of what it is anyway. You know, like me and Aaron aren't going to do the exact same you know vocals for that character anyway so it's yeah. like as long as you're following general idea then mm-hmm. it's 
from my experience. Like, it's what works. Mm-hmm. No, it does. Um, I tend to say that romance is like an umbrella term with multiple subgenres within the umbrella. Um, and there's a lot of subgenres. Uh, <laughs> do you have a favorite <laughs> to perform? Um, well, you know, I, hmm. it's funny because I like, I, the last like 10 books I did were hockey and musician just back and forth. Huh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm learning what it's like to be a musician, but certainly not a rock star god like all these characters are. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like I have enough familiarity with it that it's working, but I have no idea what it's like inside the mind of a hockey player. <laughs> um, uh, I can I can I can kind of only speak to, you know, what the the character I'm playing. Um, I do like darker stuff. I like when there's, you know, some borderline taboo to it, but I also like when it's just plain old-fashioned sweet love stuff. Um, I don't... Why don't you... Could you just list, like, five (laughs) (laughs) subgenres? Yeah. (laughs) And I'll have a log of them in my head. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. It's it's interesting because... We have the subgenres, and then within those, within we have different tropes, and sometimes people get confused with if what's one over the other. So the subgenres mm-hmm. tend to be things like a paranormal romance, so your vampires right. and your shifters, and then we have the historicals and contemporary rom com. Then you also have um, some of the more like romantic suspense or cozy mysteries and stuff like that. Romance. Mm-hmm. And then you have on the complete opposite spectrum of each other where you have the more fades to black non-sex, you know, scenes and stuff like that in the, in the, in right. the, the face to black. And then you have the opposite where you're going, everything's on screen for the erotica <laughs> stuff. So <laughs> you're like right. nothing left to the imagination. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I am, uh, I'm into all of that. I think I just, I wish there was more historical and sci-fi stuff. If, there already is and i'm not i'm just not being cast to do that stuff i just want everyone to know that i i would do historical period stuff in a heartbeat like anytime because it usually is that usually that is qualified by doing accents which is obviously my favorite um and yeah i love i just love historical romance of any kind like i you know i'm like a jane austen fan so wow i did not know that (laughs) i mean that's i was that means i'm my mother's son to be honest like you know i was raised on pride and prejudice (laughs) um so yeah i think i think i think my favorite is historical romance but mm -hmm. it's almost unfair to say because it's the thing i do the least so yeah so that would it be fair to say that that's something that you want to do more of if you could? Because that was one of my questions. It'd be extremely fair. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to keep on that Pride and Prejudice note because I'm curious. So there's always two uh, camps when it comes down to the movie or the TV show from uh, Pride and Prejudice where you have the older version, which was a PD, um, PBS, and I can't remember the name of yeah, the actor. Yeah, and then you have the, the movie and that came out in, you know, with Matthew McFadden. Do you have a preference between those two? Well, here's your answer all uh, to help you out. It's Colin Firth. Thank you. And it's the BBC. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it probably premiered in the U.S. on PBS. Yes, uh, that's why it was. Yeah. Actually, it was. I think it was A and E that it was that it premiered on in the U.S. Um, yeah. Many many years yeah, ago. Six part miniseries, <laughs> and it's just so good. I know. I, I love the original mm-hmm. much more. Um, the movie's good, but I almost prefer. And I prefer this, I think, in a lot of things I watch, I almost prefer sort of an aged style. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe it's just because I am a child of the 90s, but, like, I want to see things that look like they were shot then. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't need to... I don't need need a modernized Mm -hmm. version of most things. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, (laughs) Um, yeah, no. That came from then. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, like, associate sort of the Elizabethan era now with things that look like they were shot in the 90s <laughs> that's the <laughs> that's the weird part is like that's you know that's on me is that like bbc 1990s to me is what it actually looked like mm-hmm. but that's you know that's my problem <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. i think it's uh usually with that with that question is that people either love the movie that was done because it was i like matthew mcfadden and they did a really good job with it and also a child of the 90s. Um, sometimes I like the the other one because also it was more of a miniseries, so you get a little bit more details. Oh, yeah. Versus in the movie, which is the same thing when people say, oh, the, they should make the book into the movie. And I'm going, no, they should make the book into a miniseries. Um, <laughs> just to I'm get all those details. For, I'm praying for someday, like, because to me, the, you know, the films, the Harry Potter films were mm-hmm. just not nearly mm-hmm. enough. Like, and I think that's what a lot of readers, yeah, and we're now a pretty silent minority. I think in terms of you know watching films, mm-hmm. um, like we we want like the in depth look at things, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that like you know in ten to twenty years they do Harry Potter as like a long form Game of Thrones level series, so you get mm-hmm. every detail, you know. Yeah. Um, I think they didn't know, like just as 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 early as twenty years ago. It was they didn't think it was profitable to you know do a show like TV has boomed in an insane yes. way. So now they know that they can make money doing it. Yeah. So well, I think also too the interest I don't think was there originally. So they're like, now nah, we're just gonna do it here. But now people are really wanting to have a lot of you know even Netflix and some of the other um, production companies are starting to grab the books and make mm-hmm. them into movies because they're so hungry for it and the material is there. So it's, it's interesting. And I really do hope that they'll come back maybe and do Harry Potter's as well as probably a bunch of other books. We can probably go on and on about for them to get more in depth uh, oh, yeah. productions. Yeah. Um, I mean, just like don't mess with the form. That's mm-hmm. where I think that's where game of Thrones went, 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 went wrong. It, uh, like, you know, they didn't, they couldn't adhere to the books anymore. Yeah. And I think it's like vital. Yeah, that's true. That's definitely one of those people will learn that lesson from that particular show as to needing to mm-hmm. stick to the book and the how readers are very particular about that. Yes, mm-hmm. we are. So <laughs> right. It could be really bad if they don't do it uh, and they will tweet about it. Um, you had mentioned <laughs> that you love love and that you're also very romantic. Um, but what is it about, like, what is your favorite part of narrating romance? Um, I think it's, it's sort of sadistic because I, like, like I was, I mean, I think I'm less of a romantic now because 
I, I am so envious of seeing it happen. It's like sort of reverse of like people that are fans of romance because I'm just like, what the fuck? Why can't I have it? You know, it's like, um, it's like I've, ne- I've never truly experienced what any of these characters experience. And I feel like, you know, at least a portion of the people that, uh, you know, listeners and, and readers, they have had like their own sort of happily ever after. And they're like, you know, riding on that high maybe. <laughs> and I, uh, and it makes me a little bit, uh, I, I'll, you know, you go through a, an entire like relationship in a day or two narrative mm-hmm. book. And it's like, and if you do that three times a week, it starts to, starts to kind of rub off, you know, like, it's like, well, where's mine? (laughs) And (laughs) I'm not that, I'm not actually angry, but it's, but it's kind of like my expectations uh, of reality alter a bit. Uh Um, But that being said, I like the feeling of reading it. Like, that's why I get into it is because it's like, man, that's nice. That's really, really nice, you know? Um, But being able to like, just experience the whole arc alone is, is I think pretty fascinating. Yeah. I I love it. You know, I think we all get a little bit of that moment when we're listening or reading the book and the guy's being really romantic and you kind of go to the, you look at your spouse and you're going, (laughs) <laughs> that was you know, my fear I you didn't want to say that. <laughs> oh no i'll tell you or my favorite is when it's one of those more steamier moments and you're going highlight 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 <laughs> highlight and then you go read memorize tonight um so <laughs> it's one of those yeah, where yeah. it can yes, happen homework Right. Yeah, but also in those those books, you're not seeing that two o'clock in the morning, not being able to fall asleep because the significant other is snoring. <laughs> you yeah. know, I, that's why they call it an escape. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same I thing. Mean, I, I did yeah. a bunch of internships growing up in in my early twenties, that none of them were in such an environment. Absolutely not, and none of my guy male uh bosses ever look like that either so you know i, I totally get you <laughs> like, why oh, not, i did not know what you were going on to explain you were saying that that fantasy was not fulfilled mm-hmm. <laughs> in the same way i get it yeah yeah, yeah 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 i uh i don't know it's um because sometimes i'm like this is ridiculous nobody's ever loved like that I just turned straight up into John Mulaney just then. That was crazy. <laughs> Nobody's ever felt love. Um, uh, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, the times when it's like, man, that sounds really great and peaceful and normal when it isn't like this like borderline abusive misogynist thing which is like that's cool and i'm happy to be like nice little sweet voice man to the scary man that's in the book so that you can say see good (laughs) but when it's like man i really like this guy i like being this guy and that's usually when they're set in high school because it's like you know they haven't become disheartened by existence yet um i i'm always curious i'm like when is where, when am I going to get the book that's like the romance that goes really well and then there's a uh, part two that's 
10 years later when it's all gone to shit. And then there's the romance again, because that's more realistic. Because you fall in love when you're like 17, and then you're like, this is wrong by the end of it. And then 10 years later, like, that should never happen again. And then you meet someone else, and you're like, now this is it. Mm-hmm. And then you're also wrong about that. So then book three, <laughs> book three is what I'm waiting for in my life. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. It, it's, it's obviously, uh, you know, fantasy. And that's, mm-hmm. I only say that because that's what uh, people I know that listen avidly say. I wouldn't just say that of my own accord, but, um, you know, what, uh, I don't know. <laughs> well it's, it's it's a good fantasy i think it's definitely an escape like you were saying but it also kind of makes you want to strive for some of that like there's sometimes books where there's really open dialogue between the the couple whether okay. it's you know whether it's about wanting to go on a date in a specific restaurant because she's really really wanted to go there to everything to the complete opposite of wanting to try different positions because they're curious and yeah. in an environment where it's okay to ask for things Mm-hmm. Um, and have that conversation without it all going to shit, you know, or not, not talking, right. you know, and I yeah. think sometimes people don't talk enough. And so that's also where it all comes into play about wanting to learn something while it is an escape. There are still certain things that you can learn right. from these books. My, my marker for, uh, my personal understanding of the text I'm reading, my, uh, I guess it'd be my boundary for being like, I get this or I don't is usually from t- the two main qualifiers are, does he get genuinely upset? If one, if another man comes near her, if he gets upset that a man is even near her, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, let's, as long as we're having a conversation about it and talking about why and acknowledging that we have a problem for thinking that me protagonist man, then we're good, you know, because I understand being like jealous of a, a lover's other interests of any kind. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, but then the second one is um, uh, brother being mad that anyone would ever touch sister or that or that brother's friend would be interested in sister. It's like there when it's when there's open discussion, like you said about it, then I am I'm fine with it. You know, when it's open discussion and and like they might be unfamiliar with broaching the subject, but they're at least trying it. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm sorry, but like people are allowed to fall in love with your sister. <laughs> yeah. um, and women are allowed to have platonic relationships. Yeah. Um, and also, let alone, women are allowed to have non-platonic relationships with other men. And you have, like, it's a, it's a matter of, like, what everyone wants and discussing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, there is, of course, like, you know, the, 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 it's not a cop-out. It's, it's like, a, you know, it's a motif, which is to be like, I know I'm a Neanderthal. I know I'm a, just being a caveman right now. But that's <laughs> that thing. It's like... I get that. You know what? I get it. I get wanting to feel possessive and then being, and then saying like, I'm really being possessive right now. I must be crazy or something, you know? Um, but when it's not acknowledged that I'm like, just come on, 
Like, <laughs> yeah, just, 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 let's talk about it. Yeah. Talk about it. Let's talk about it, you know, which is like seen societally as like a, of, of, you know, purportedly feminine trait to like talk things out and understand why you're feeling this way. And I'm like, man, it really shouldn't be like, you know, you yeah. should, you should have always, there should always be an open conversation about that, you know? Um, but yeah, no, I think yeah. it, it, it's something to that trying to understand sometimes the behaviors of somebody else is the, okay, well, I, I get that you were being possessive and it's, you know, kind of cute that you were being a little jealous, you know, but why, you know, I, what, have yeah. I ever given you, having that conversation, like, have I ever given you reasons or what is your past going to give you to be able to get like that and let's work through it <laughs> and, and, and not yeah. be, be a dick <laughs> about it. So also, like, I don't owe my life to you yet. We haven't yeah. even gotten there. We haven't said, yeah. I love you. I know you're a cool motorcycle man. <laughs> But golly, you're not allowed to walk me around by the neck. And mm -hmm. that's my impression of a female protagonist. It's like, yeah. golly, mister, you better stop that. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a lot of great things about romance. And that's also where the fantasy comes into play about wanting to be, you know, having the guy that really is paying attention to you and stuff like that. But I, for me, I have to have that storyline of, you know, the growth of character and relationship and consent and i think the difference the key difference to me is whether or not the male protagonist is dominant or domineering because mm -hmm. i would i can safely say that like i'm an emotional dom when i'm in relationships mm -hmm. um maybe even a sexual one too um but uh, i'm not but i don't like i'm not trying to control the mm -hmm. person i yeah. want to feel loved and i want to feel you know i even want to be you know to feel that the, my partner is dominant in other ways as well, but not that they're trying to change who I am, not that they're trying to enforce their way of life upon me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's the difference. I love stories that are in which that are, where it's like the line's a little muddled and the characters are like, you know, there's a there's like, it's fun to have the, the power struggle. Mm -hmm. um, but when it's a real power struggle, that's abusive, you know, yeah. and not crazy. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. it's, it's, again, we all have our limits and I know that you guys too, as performers and narrators also have your limits and yeah. you know what it is that you will and will not do. Um, you've done a variety of different genres and tropes from, you know, the, the, the hockey player. Um, and you were saying the rock star. I wonder if one day you're going to do a hockey player that is also a rock star on the off season, you know, <laughs> while he's not playing hockey, he's going to go running around being a rock star. <laughs> I don't know if I can juggle that. It's too, <laughs> I'm already an, an audiobook narrator and an actor and a struggling musician. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is true. Um, sounds like, I mean, the money sounds good. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, I mean, if they, some, if they write it, you know, you can probably, there's, there's probably a way to put the strings of a bass on a hockey stick. So uh, that would be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to be practical, Viv. I'm yeah. <laughs> trying to create the fantasy. Yeah. Um. <laughs> now I'm just trying to figure out there's probably someone out there that goes, dude, I can totally construct a guitar or a bass and use a hockey stick. And I'm like, I'm sure they can. You know, I've seen yeah. other things you know being used. Why not? You know, have you know what? It. 
take it. It's a free, it's a free idea. Whoever exactly. wants it can have it. Totally. Or I'll write it. Mm-hmm. I've been yeah. thinking about it. I'm gonna yeah. be honest. I've been thinking. I've been thinking about writing romance. Cool. I know all these other narrators are. So you know, <laughs> might put my throw my card in the deck. Yeah. What kind of romance would you write? Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Just don't because I'm curious. Um, but if you don't, want to, it's fine. I don't know how I could write it without it being kind of satire, but I also don't want to like mock it. Mm-hmm. But then again. I, the times that I've done that, like I did my podcast and like that went over so well and I was straight up like doing a goofy, you know, interpretation of, of erotica. Um, but really, you know, I, was, I guess in my podcast, I was making fun of the, the films more so that I was, um, that I was satirizing, but I don't know. I think, yeah, if I were to write, it would, it would definitely be comedy Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That's that's. I always hit that dichotomy, which is you know the two parts of myself where I'm like super. I'm a brooding emo, sad little bitch, but I'm <laughs> but I'm also a doofus. Um, so I never know which direction I'm gonna go. Yeah, I mean, I just think I'd be good at it at this point. Like I know this. I I understand all the basic. Uh, you know pretense and i think i'm a pretty good writer so i don't know we'll see i'm not making any promises i don't have time right now i know you're busy you're really busy doing a lot of audiobooks you you mentioned the music too so tell us a little bit about your band yeah i want to know more um (laughs) we are (laughs) i we started okay here's how i don't know i never know how to start okay so it, when I was in high school, I went to a summer program at NYU um, for drama, and I met my friend Addie there. And we've been friends, you know, for the, gosh, that was like 14 years ago. Um, we've been friends since, and we've always kind of, you know, we did like theater stuff together in college. Um, but then when she moved out here, because I've been out in LA for eight years now, when she moved out here several years ago, we, you know, we fucked around and played like folky stuff and she'd play guitar and I'd play violin and we'd sing. And, you know, that always was like a hoot and it was fun, but we never were, got terribly serious about it. And she has a folk act with our friend Kelly, but she started when she, she moved in with uh, our friend Lucas and he's a producer and she started learning music program Ableton and she a year and a half ago played me a song that she'd made and recorded and you know just structured herself and i was like what the fuck why don't we just do this like because it was right up my alley Mm -hmm. um she's like a way you know a big fan of like folk and rock and country and i'm a fan of country and folk and rock as well but like my basis for my love for music is in like synth-based electronic uh you know, new wave stuff. Um, So I was like, why don't we just combine those ideas? And then we made a song that night and then Lucas really loved it. And he was like, can I make something? And he did because he makes, you know, half a dozen songs a day. So we started just throwing stuff in a pile and just making things. And it just, it coalesced into this 
you know, into a synth pop band. And our friend John is an amazing guitarist and he hopped on too. So we started just making an album and we just said, screw it. We now have the, this album nearly done. We have a double that in songs. So like we've already basically started on a second one. Um, but last year we started playing shows and it was going really well. And then we were still playing shows this year. And then, <laughs> and then something happened and we are, we can't do them anymore. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's weird. It's like, whoops. It's kind of the thing I think I always wanted to do because I've always been a singer and I've always wanted to write songs and then been too I don't know why I was always I always had this blockade up because like I'm an actor I you know I can't get distracted I need to do that and then I was like no just just do it <laughs> like you know do the things you enjoy um so so it's you know it's a full-fledged uh side career project now and it's going pretty well we're you know trying to build our online presence we released a single um if i didn't say we're called night night darling um and yeah we just we're really excited to like get out there and play again we want to you know build up enough of a presence and find uh, some such label or something and and you know do a tour i don't know yeah so it's it's my it's my hobby turn career path yeah, you, one of the songs that, is, um, that you released, what is called Sheriff's Ballad. Did you write that or how did that song come about? Yeah, Sheriff's Ballad is, you know, I wrote that after we'd started making stuff. And I'm, you know, that was almost a year and a half ago. And so it was like when audiobooks had like really taken off and it's just like my, perm just became my permanent job. Um, but as, so it was like, deeply inspired both by sort of old outlaw country where there's a lot of, um, you know, sort of monologuing involved. So I was listening to a lot of Waylon Jennings, but also playing a lot of Southern characters in audiobooks. Um, Cause I think as soon as people found out I was from Texas, they were like, Oh good. He'll do that. <laughs> um, but you know, it's uh, so it all just sort of, it, that, that song is, is comes from, all that in meshing together mm -hmm. uh, yeah because it kind of sounds like uh the title you know being a, a sheriff's ballad is makes it people think that it maybe has to do with a crime but when i listen to it it's almost like a relationship and the ending of it and mm -hmm. how it can be pretty disastrous and sure. <laughs> you want i don't know yeah <laughs> yeah so i think you guys as of right now have two songs out right or mm -hmm. is it the whole or the, not the whole album yet yeah, so that was a. It, the first song is "Stay Away" that Addie mm -hmm. and Luke wrote, and then uh, I basically wrote the entirety of Sheriff's Ballad, and then Lucas sort of took the reins uh, in the technical aspect, and that's why it's this sort of big electronic ballad it mm -hmm. is now. Um, but yeah, it was it's a single with a B side, and um, we don't have a, an exact plan for releasing stuff, but the album's nearly done. We're probably going to release a single or two before it comes out um, cool. so you know we'll see um i'm excited no oh, yeah me too i i really love the two that you did release and um well, i'm going to include um links to where people can listen to it within the post so they can check it out 
um shares yeah shares probably is my favorite of the two so it's a <laughs> uh, you know, like, well, I mean, my my audiobook people are probably leaning towards it because I talk in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honest, yeah, you know what? It's it's one of those where you you sound like you, but you don't at the same time. Yeah. And I think it's just like the storytelling is what grabs me in yeah. it, and then the rhythm it has such a catchy little like. There's a couple of underneath um, tones that you mm. kind of get, and then you have the other one that's a little bit faster paced, and all that combined, it's like you end up like. I'm like sometimes doing some work for Lauren and stuff and it just, it gets into my head and I'm like, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I gotta go get it. And then I'll uh, you know, pop it on there and listen to it. So well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank yeah. you for listening to it. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. It's, it's, it's like a groovy has something that just kind of catches you. You know, mm-hmm. it's one of those songs that just, for me anyways, I like it. And so sometimes in the mood, I'm like, I'm going to listen to it. So. Thank you. Well, yeah. I'm very proud of it and mm-hmm. I'm excited for everybody to hear everything else. Mm-hmm. we lean a lot more like this the, i gotta say i didn't realize until after we released it it's like these are more these are more poppy like our other songs are a bit darker mm-hmm. um you know i'm a big depeche mode new order fan so yes you are I'm very deep <laughs> annoyingly <laughs> so deeply inspired by the groups like that so um you know it's really surfaces in the rest of our music yeah how'd you get into depeche mode because those were i mean i'm a 90s kid but they they came out like late 80s early early 90s you know so, how'd you get into them um i mean my my parents are or listen to a variety of stuff uh you know i was raised on a lot of different things but mm-hmm. my mom was a big new order pet shop boys fan um i didn't realize that depeche mode was my favorite until i bought violator on cd which is their their biggest like most platinum selling album that came out in 1989 the year i was born <laughs> and uh about about, about, about five or six yeah, <laughs> i was a 90s kid but i was a 90s child yeah um but five or six years ago i bought it because i already loved all the you know singles off of it and then i just fucking listened to that thing a thousand times and i just became obsessed with it and i was almost afraid to explore their other stuff but then once I started going back, because like their first album came out in 1980, and but my favorite albums of theirs come from the mid 80s, and I just really, I mean, I really like dark stuff. I always have. Um, I've always liked sad stuff, but then I got into more heavier sad stuff, where like the sound itself is like um, just slightly in Depeche Mode's case it's just slightly demonic <laughs> um but <laughs> I I've since since I became obsessed with them I've become obsessed with like way way darker stuff um but that's my you know that now it's my sort of go-to is really is you know dark wave and electronic in that vein but I you know I Depeche Mode is huge they don't have like their fan base is not relegated to people who grew up with them. Yeah. Um, they're very, you know, they just made the rock and roll hall of fame. Yep. Um, and that's just, that's just proof of their, the lasting effect of their sad, scary words. Yeah. Well, it's, as um, people of my generation would say, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I think it's, it's, it's <laughs> I know. I think it's, it's a test, you know, it's a true testament of, you know, when it's really good quality music, it's the thing with like when it's a really good movie that people keep watching it and it's, it's 10 years old and it's 20 years old and it's 30 years old and people are still gravitating to it, whether 
because we sort of grew up with it or like the kids nowadays, you know, like I know a bunch of 17 year olds that love like the breakfast club and right. you know some of the older movies and things like that from the eighties. Right. You know, and they're like, it was so cool back then. I'm like, y'all will not survive. <laughs> it's just a, like what's the cassette and the pencil for and i'm like that's for music huh mm-hmm. yeah. it's okay yeah it's okay kids you're fine <laughs> yeah you can't look to the breakfast club as like the script for reality back then i don't imagine <laughs> no yeah no none of those movies but it's just one of those where they think it's so cool and stuff but it's still you know if you can go back to like i think like back to the future is another one Mm-hmm. that i like that is fun and things yeah. like that and then yeah. different Sorry. ones that's no, okay <laughs> yeah that stuff is all you know reflective of the culture and like i i always think like man i wish i'd been born in london in you know 1960 or something and it's like do i really though mm-hmm. maybe yeah. i'd be miserable now mm-hmm. i get to live this life Mm-hmm. And be obsessed with the good stuff that came out of that. Yes. And I know the, stuff the Berlin Wall. <laughs> yeah, so all the other stuff that went around yeah. that time. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing, I think, when people start reading, you know, the like the historical romances and stuff like that. They're like, oh, it must be better times. and Or like Pride and Prejudice, you know, when we're looking about them just sitting down. We, we kind of know what that is yeah, like nowadays. You know? Like, you yeah, know? <laughs> like, yeah uh, you want typhoid, buddy? Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, exactly. I do not. I'm enjoying my time in, on this earth that we're currently at the moment, even if it's a little crazier than normal. <laughs> a little. Just, just a, little. a little. Just a little. You know, with audiobooks, there's a lot of, you know, the written words and you guys performing it. So they get a lot of different, di- you know, words that are put in there. What's your favorite bad word? Like, I don't want to say naughty, but I'm just curious because we all have different ones. So. Yeah, I mean, fuck is my go-to, and mm. everybody loves when I say fuck, apparently. Um, I think I had to, like, learn... I mean, my parents cursed a lot, and <laughs> I, think I, I think once I was finally allowed to say it, and they accepted that I was a human adult that said it, then it just... Now it's just a part of my entire fucking vocabulary. I can't not say it per sentence, usually. Um but I man, I I've taken and this is another Anglophile thing, I guess, because I'm just obsessed with British stuff. But they say "cunt" so readily, any time, anything, <laughs> like for every word. And I just I keep I definitely do it alone a lot, um, and it's not really an insult towards someone else at all. It's often just like it's like stubbing your toe or being angry that you keep. Uh, coughing or a plane keeps flying overhead when you're trying to record a book yeah Um, (laughs) but never to like address a body part or a person it's Mm -hmm. just like it's just a thing yeah Uh, yeah yeah no i know that uh i think it's definitely that's your new one yeah yeah i'm definitely a fuck and from a you know (laughs) anglified stuff of things um sometimes i do the bloody hell or the fucking linger so I mix those mm-hmm. two, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's clearly that I've been listening a lot to Shane and talking way too much to him. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that'll do yeah. it. That, yes, and stuff like that. Um, but I also love the British culture and all that fun stuff back there, so that's the other reason why. But you mm-hmm. actually, the other thing that people love that you do is the British accent. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Do you have a favorite accent to perform? That... Um, it's prob- It's either British or Irish. You know, they mm-hmm. come pretty easy because I've just been listening and watching so many uh, pieces of media that come from there for so long that it's just, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's, a, it's a part of me now. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know if I had more to say. <laughs> Probably <laughs> those two. I don't know. I, I just, I wish I was, I wish I was a Briton <laughs> all the time. It's just more interesting. Yeah. I think we all have our, our, our moments of interest, people. Like, I find accents fascinating. I really do. And I have to watch it when I travel to places, like when I go to Texas to visit family. Um, mm-hmm. Because I'll start picking up a little bit of a twang that they have as well. Oh, or Guaranteed. I, Exactly. Or when I go to Savannah, Georgia is another one sometimes that I'll pick up. And uh, Boston, I can ever since it's been like 20 years, I can never say, you have to think about it, I have to say car. Because I always go, I got to get into the car. It, it, it just, it's just stuck. <laughs> it's been, I really? Was, yeah, that one word, it's just, it just stuck. And so <laughs> I, I, I love it. Is there an accent that you want to learn or do more better of? Um, uh, I mean, I don't, I feel like I could, I could work on making, now it's about detail because I need to make a distinction between, um, you know, this like sort of Nordic countries. Like I need to make a distinction between Finland and Norway and Denmark. Um, and then I also need to make a distinction between, uh, Russian and Polish and whatever Estonian I don't even know because <laughs> like those those I don't like I couldn't tell you the difference mm-hmm. between them and I know there's like much like it is in the UK that probably varies by city by block even sometimes um, yeah. and you know those I feel like I feel like I owe it to myself to start making a distinction between um but it's rare that I have to do them, you know, like the most, it's usually like if you're doing like a romantic thriller and then there's like a gangster from Poland, then it's like, okay, I'll do what I think Polish is and it works. Not like, like not, <laughs> you know, I don't, I, I, I'll, I usually go and like give myself a primer and, and uh, review. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just sit on YouTube for half an hour, you know? Yeah try to recall exactly the the nuances yeah i know i think that romance tends to stick with the 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 brits the you know the irish and the scottish and of course the cowboys Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) that one that one comes real easy because i you know i i never really had a real accent but uh, people tell me i don't but i think i do sometimes it just depends if yeah i often say this but like if i'm drinking then it just it's there okay yeah. Period. Period. <laughs> um, and is it more like a Texan accent or like yeah. another? Yeah, like a Southern. Okay, because I know that they also have their. They're very proud of their accents, mm. you know, and how they. Which is funny because my family, they're from Connecticut, mm. and they've been there now for about twenty-five years, and they all have that mm. little Southern twang. And, and and wear the boots and the, the hats and stuff. And I'm going. Oh, really? Oh, in Connecticut? Wow. Yeah, no, not in Connecticut, but they, they live in Keller, Texas. 
Oh, they so, live in Canada. Oh, yeah, they, so they acclimated the Texan way of life. Yeah, so they acclimated to that. Yeah, which is hilarious because I'm going, y'all are from Connecticut. I mean, <laughs> if I have to like go into a shop, if for instance I'm like on a road trip home to Texas and I'm in Texas or New Mexico and I'm at a mm-hmm. gas station, like I'm not I'm gonna put on the accent. Like I don't care. It doesn't feel manipulative. It's just like mm-hmm. a it's like thank you very much. Like I'm gonna do that yeah. just to, just to assuage, you know, the fear of being in that part of the country. <laughs> um, but also, I did the same. I because well, I went to school in New York, so like I did, I did the same thing when I was in New York, just walking into a bodegas and shit. Because like, you know, you it feels it feels weird to say, but like I, you know, I want it, it's a matter of wanting to fit in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well you actually end up picking it up because they they weren't it, they've been there for so long now that they've been more in texas than they were originally in, in connecticut as right. far as that goes so it's what it is you know i'll probably just I have had, to be five minutes in texas to pick up that accent <laughs> i had a friend who went to you know college in london for a semester and she came back with an accent i was like what are you doing <laughs> she's like what you know like and <laughs> whatever do you mean you know and you i'm know? like and it just sounds so formal come on yeah um <laughs> uh but yeah but then i but then i went to london for the first time in september and i just could not stop doing it and luckily i was around they didn't really give a shit all the people i hung out with they just mm-hmm. didn't care um mm-hmm. and i was like good i'm just practicing that's yeah. all you know yeah you get to use that that's for sure it's just practicing you know as long as it's a white person i am gonna mimic their accent yeah well, it's 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 part of the, the job description, you know, to be able to get those different cadences and, and, you know, the accents. And as well as it's, I think, part of the being part of a group, you know, you kind of pick up on people's habits. It's the same thing. You know, you start learning. Right. You're like, oh, you know that I was actually having the same cadence and talking to you at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, you pick that stuff up. So it, it's it's human, normal human behavior in nature. So it works yeah. out. But totally. yeah. yeah, one day I'll go abroad. I always make I always make sure to say that like it is <clears throat> absolutely flattery. Mm-hmm. I like your voice. I am just trying to uh put it in storage to use later <laughs> <laughs> for my job, you know. Yes, exactly. What snacks and cocktails do you keep handy for yourself when you're recording or just to keep you sane? Snacks and cocktails? <laughs> yeah. What do you have around? People have been talking about how all these snacks that they're doing or these are their go-to drinks lately. And, you know, I've, I'm also trying to, ex, you know, expand my drinking habits. As far as <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I can't really help you there. I'm way less of a drinker. Than I have significantly uh, mm-hmm. cut down how much I drink because um, I'm, you know, primarily a social drinker. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I've had some, I've, I've started going to the wine store and being particular about it mm-hmm. and getting street. So been going there. Uh, but outside of that, I don't have any other alcohol recommendation. I'm not <laughs> making my own version of a Mai Tai yeah. or anything. Okay. Um, what about snacks? Snacks, you know, I'm just, uh, I just order a lot of Thai food. And <laughs> I don't, I'm not good at, I'm not good at snacking. I'm like, it's either a meal, I'm all in or nothing, all mm-hmm. or nothing. Um, so I just, you know, I'm just heating stuff up. I'm spending so much time in here <laughs> and working on other stuff that I'm not like, yeah, that I don't, I'm not really thinking about food. It's just whatever's, whatever's yeah. available. 
I'm just doing groceries. I'm, oh. I, I'm, I feel so bad that I don't have any recommendations. No, no, no. Again, just, it's just, <laughs> you know, curiosity. I think we have, again, our go-to snacks, you know, whether they're like the M&Ms or if they have specific kind of chips. Like you were saying that you like Thai food. And so that's, is that one of your favorites? That's definitely probably my, there's a place down the street from me that has kind of every kind of, it's a Thai place, but they have, basically everything um it's like basically pan asian and they have i usually get their pad you or a curry and but then they have this this would be good to try it to make as my own cocktail because i was making smoothies earlier um and then they were doing a number on me so i stopped um but but this place has a uh pineapple basil uh slush thing so mm. you know it, it's like an alarmingly good combination it just and yeah. it tastes so healthy and um it's good for you mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah no no it's, it's i'm all about like i said trying new things like i've never had thai food before you never had thai food Mm-mm. thai food is i mean i i think more than any other kind of food it's it's just become the most popular food on earth i feel recently like it's just everywhere now Mm -hmm. it might be everywhere i just never tried it (laughs) you really should find the best thai place in town and order from it i Uh, yeah i think i'm gonna start doing stuff like that okay now i can help okay my favorite dish my favorite dish at a thai restaurant is usually pad Mm you and it's the it's flat uh it's flat egg noodles Mm -hmm. um and they're usually just like cooked to death in soy sauce and then there's always broccoli they sometimes you know will throw it in like a red pepper or onion or something but usually that's the basic and then you add a you know a protein either tofu or beef or shrimp or whatever and it's just it's good because it's pretty it's um it's as sweet as it is savory um and yeah you can't you can't go wrong cool i'll have to try that see yeah <laughs> and they're usually more like thai food is usually better about uh, giving you a portion of vegetables than, than your average Chinese restaurant, from what I've, um, not that I want to take away from Chinese restaurateurs, but I prefer Thai food. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, um, you know, I do a lot more Japanese food than Chinese food, but I haven't done the Thai or even Indian food. I did do that too. So it's on my list of things to do. And Good. So, You've yeah. got you, now you got stuff to keep you busy. Yeah, besides uh, the audiobooks and all that other fun stuff I get to explore. And I and I look at it as an adventure, like, okay, what am I going to try? But that's also why I like asking friends mm-hmm. that are more well-versed in stuff like that. So I'm not, you know, I'm going in good. You know, I have an idea. I know what I'm going to get now because Zach said this was going to be good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> get that or, a, a, you know, if they have duck, get a duck mm-hmm. curry. Okay. Um, I like, uh, I think, I guess it's called Penang, Penang curry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay um yeah there you go <laughs> cool i'll do that i'll try it out i'll let you know um one of the things that i like to do um towards the end of the episode is play a game called would you rather so okay. cool um <laughs> so i have a couple questions for you mm-hmm. uh, would you rather always be 10 minutes late or 20 minutes early well i uh, god <laughs> 20 minutes early because that's what i am now this would this would you rather is too close to home because I used to always be ten minutes late, and now I'm twenty minutes early to everything so that I'm never late again. Um, so I'm always too ahead of schedule. 
And if I'm doing something with someone else that stresses them out. Um, so there you go. There's my depressing answer. <laughs> uh, would you rather know the history of every object you touched or be able to talk to animals? Oh, talk to animals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, easy. I mean, that's got to be what people usually say. I've had the majority say that. Yes. Talk to animals. But there's been a few that were like, well, what kind of a conversation? Will they overthink it. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, if I overthought it. I'd be like, hmm, what happened in 1976 to this cactus? Yeah. <laughs> a family drove by and got, and the parents were fighting, you know, like there's, okay, that's probably yeah. what happened. Mm -hmm. I know. Animals, <laughs> got it. Yeah, because if you talk to animals, then you can know what happened to them too. Exactly. You know the history of an animal. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Better conversation too, probably. Um, yeah. <laughs> would you rather teleport anywhere or be able to read minds? Teleport anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. Tele teleport because okay. I don't want to. I don't want to know what's happening in people's minds. I want to discover it and t steal it from them. <laughs> Have them just <laughs> tell you everything out. I want to worm it out of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather never have to clean a bathroom again or never have to do the dishes? Oh, bathroom. Easy. Yeah. I don't mind cleaning the dishes. Mm -hmm. I like cleaning the dishes. Yep. I've had, I think if I've asked 30 people, 29 has said the same thing. Only one person has said bathroom. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you have to, first of all, you have to get down on your knees. Second of all, it's a toilet. It's where the bad things go. <laughs> the sink is where the kind of gross things go. Mm -hmm. yeah. Toilet is where the scary bad. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. That was my um, intellectual's response. Yeah. Um, would you rather control fire or water? Oh, mm. my God. Um, <laughs> um, probably water. It just it feels less dangerous generally. Because I'm just thinking about what I would do with it. And, I, th you know, I would... Ugh, I don't know. <laughs> we just starts getting way too scary and existential. I guess water. I'm just okay. gonna stop there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather be invisible or be fast? How fast? How fast do you want to go? <laughs> uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, fast enough that you're basically teleporting. Mm -hmm. Like if I could run, okay. I already forgot what the first. It's invisible or, or 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 be fast. Well, I just watched The Invisible Man, starring Elizabeth Moss, and um, doesn't portray being an invisible man in a good way. Mm -hmm. The Invisible Man isn't seen in a good light. I guess I'd want to go pretty fast. But do you have to always go fast? Is it know. just your nature? What do you mean you don't know? You're the, <laughs> you're the one asking. You're the. You guys are the ones that are answering. I, it's, I, this is why I like asking these questions because oh, it's fascinating. It's I fascinating how you you know the answers start. They start the well. Is it 
can I control how fast I can go? Do I get to control the invisibility? Like, do I get I to need play on and off? And I'm going, oh, which one would you rather? <laughs> it has to be specific when I'm playing this game. I need specifics. Okay. Um, I guess if I could run as fast as like a fast, like a high speed train. Mm-hmm. If I could run like two to three hundred miles per hour, <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm like the answering in the six year old, uh, the way a six year old would. Well, if I could run really fast, like as fast as a twain. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess fast. I don't want to be invisible. It's fucking weird. It makes me think that I'd be. It makes me automatically feel creepy. Mm, okay. Would you rather lose your sense of touch or your sense of smell? Touch over my whole body or just my hands? You have have to. to... (laughs) I would, I would, okay. The assumption would be if it's a sense of touch, it would be the whole thing. I guess you won't be able to feel anything regardless of where in your body it is. Or smell. Or smell, yes. Feel the hug or smell the flower? If I'm lost, okay. See, because this one could go really deep. Because if you if you've lost your sense of feeling, that mm-hmm. would mean that you've lost like your nerve endings and can't, and you're basically paralyzed. Like that wouldn't just that would imply more than just like my epidermis doesn't work. Well, get that. there is there's some people that think there is a condition where you don't have a whole sense of, you know, you can't tell if it's hot or cold. You can't tell if it's you know that distance of touch or that someone's touching you you can't feel that so it's not necessarily that you're paralyzed or anything like that you just can't tell that someone is okay you see know. now you're doing your job thank you um, <laughs> sorry thank you for putting no, me straight <laughs> no i um i think i would i think i'd prefer to lose my sense of smell for sure i think i've cultivated enough memories because that's what they say is that that's the sense true. of smell is most tied into memory um i uh, yeah yeah okay. definitely okay would you rather always be hot or always be cold always be cold period period because i am always hot and i hate it and i want to die viv <laughs> i'm burning up right now as we speak yeah yeah i know the way people have said that i'm going well at least if you're cold you can always put something on to keep yourself you know average warm or whatever yep. when you're hot you can't take well Depending on where you're at, you can't take everything off. (laughs) (laughs) I've had someone say, well, you could have sort of could. I'm like, well, it depends on where you're at then if you can take it all off or not. Yeah. So it all depends. Would you rather tell everyone your guilty pleasures or never partake in any guilty pleasure again? (laughs) Shit. (laughs) What? Oh, my God. Tell everyone... What your guilty pleasures, or never do them again. I guess I'd tell everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like it's not gonna stop me. <laughs> <laughs> You're not gonna stop me. Mm-mm. No one's telling you to stop. <laughs> um, <laughs> last one. Would you rather have a personal chef or a personal masseuse? Masseuse. Period. Damn, period. that was quick. <laughs> I love massages and I really miss them now. Oh, God damn it. Thanks for the reminder. Just Sorry. <laughs> I, have, I have a back massager and my roommate just got a neck massager. So right after Not, this, I'm going to use both. Yeah. Yeah. See, it's, uh, 
that was a quick one though usually people are like oh, i don't know and they start trying to figure it out but it's good that you know what you want <laughs> matters to beating the pain out of me <laughs> and that's why i want to keep my sense of uh touch touch yes no yeah no trust me if i had to choose between the two i would do the same thing i miss going to the massage and getting my massages oh my you know gosh. so yeah. yeah oh yeah so what do you have going on next that you can share as far as audiobooks? Do you have stuff that's coming out? This is going to be coming out in June, so around June-ish, August, September. So we have a lot of them coming up. Um, I don't know. I don't know. No, yeah. Well, there's stuff that you probably can't talk about is one of the things. And then the other thing, too, is you guys are contracted to record the book. Sometimes you're not told when it's coming. <laughs> so exactly i don't know yeah. i that's why i never do announcements is because mm -hmm. i don't i don't I have no idea i don't you know mm -hmm. i'm just i'm just a player yeah <laughs> just a player in the game yeah no worries i will see what's coming out that i know of and then i can include that in the post and if i see yeah, audible has anything do. i'll do that so you i'll do, do that. i do it yeah I you do it. do it i do it <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for being my guest for this year's Audiobook Love and Series. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm so glad we finally did it. I know, yeah. Good to talk to you. Um, and everyone, thank you for hanging out with us today. Until next time, happy listenings. Thank you for joining us in the Audiobook Love and Series, hosted by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. We hope you have enjoyed this episode, as well as the series. We've included audio samples of our guests' work within the post for you to check out. Please make sure to visit the main page, link within the post, to learn more about the series, the authors, and the narrators. Please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to the series if you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to follow us on our social media platforms and subscribe to the Viviana Enchantress of Books newsletter. Until next time, happy listening. Audiobook Lovin' hopes you've enjoyed this program.